Welcome to the Third One Sucks Sophomore Slump, where we rank every record in a discography from first to worst. I'm Dan. And I'm Jake. And what would you train the pain for? What are we listening to today, Jake? Today we are listening to So Much for Stardust by Fall Out Boy. So Much for Stardust is the eighth studio album by American rock band Fall Out Boy, released March 24th, 2023, on Fueled by Ramen, Electro Records, and DCD2 with Patrick Stump on lead vocals and rhythm guitar, Pete Wentz on bass and backing vocals, Joe Troman on lead guitar and keyboards, Andy Hurley on drums and percussion, and it was produced by Neil Avron. What's our review for this week? Well, Jake, this week our album review comes from Metacritic User Reviews, and it's from Jushin. On March 28th, 2023. Thunder Liger? Sure. <laughs> I, I have no context for the same whatsoever. It's a Japanese pro wrestler. This, that's not how you spell it, though. <laughs> okay, thank you. Jushin <laughs> gave it a 10 and said, It was the one of best Fallout Boy album. I think track 1 till D6 are Fallout Boy styles dash songs, and track 7 till D13 are Panic! at the disco style dash songs. <laughs> I noticed that no users found that helpful. <laughs> but no, no, zero out of zero users found this helpful. What fascinated me about this review, uh, other than the tildes, which the tildes are choice. That's a clutch. It's they, a clutch maneuver. <laughs> I don't hate it. It adds a little zhuzh. I, I like, yeah. I, 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 I get it. But, uh, <laughs> what it's the, it's the track seven through 13 are panic at the disco style songs. That is just like yeah. What, I don't. What do you, I don't what do know you, what he means. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. Uh, I have said on this podcast before that I, in the year two thousand five, had a choice to make, and that was Fallout Boy or Panic at the Disco, mm. and I chose Fallout Boy because I only needed one of these. You chose correctly. <laughs> I think history has proven me correct. Yeah. Um. I like. I like one Panic at the Disco song, and I've heard more than mm-hmm. that. And uh, only one of them, I think, passes the mustard, and it's not the one everyone's thinking of. It's This Is Gospel is their only song that I enjoy. Um, And I like tracks 7 through 13, if I'm remembering them correctly, and uh, they don't sound like Panic Disco to me at all, but (laughs) who am I? (laughs) Yeah, I... I I don't know, Jake. I'm already so tired. (laughs) So... Listeners, uh, you're probably going, that's that's not Mark, and you're correct. And you're also probably going, that's not Sun, and that's also correct. Uh, <laughs> Sun had to step away, otherwise, normally they would be here to cover all this stuff. So Jake's here. So you got me for this one instead. <laughs> so, so we got Jake. It's fine, everything is going to be fine. Yeah, I, I've been a Fall Out Boy fan since 2003, so I feel like I am uh, prepared to talk about the the boys and where they fall. We're here to find out. We're here to like unpack that, finally. I know that's the question you've all been asking yourself <laughs> for the last 20 years, and we are here to definitively answer it today. Where do boys fall? Where do the boys fall? I guess quickly, when is the first time that you listened to this record? And like you already said you've been listening to them since 2003. What's your history with the band in general? Uh, so the first time I listened to this was the day it came out, because I was... Uh, I was- it was like Christmas morning for for us old emos. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, Follow Boy put out a new album, and like the last album that came out was Mania, and uh, not my favorite of theirs. I like it better than ABAP, which I think is genuinely a bad album, and I like Mania, um, but 
I don't love Mania. I like some of the songs. Like Wilson, I think, is like one of their best songs somehow. Um, but then the rest of the album is not my favorite. Uh, they they were in this weird little like pit for a while where they like I think on ABAP there's only like 15 words total. They just say three of them over and over and over again. They repeat everything so much in in that album that I just like not a fan of it. I harped on that real hard in our episode about it, about how like you can write a whole chorus. You don't have to just say two lines over and over again. Yeah. And then because like they did it a little bit in Save Rock and Roll and they do it a little bit in this one, but it feels correct when they do it in in those <laughs> albums versus in ABAP and Mania where it's like, did you just Pete, look, if you didn't want to make a song, you could just not made a song, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no um, one's forcing you. No one made you. Uh, but I did. I have been a Fall Out Boy fan uh, almost the whole time. I remember in 2003 seeing the music video for Grand Theft Auto, parentheses, Where's Your Boy, um, <laughs> on Fuse TV, uh, a music video Ooh. channel. Yeah. If, uh, if anyone just oh, time traveled from hearing that, I'm sorry. I did. Fuse for anyone listening who does not either remember or know what Fuse is, uh, they were the the music video channel that was like MTV just does Pimp My Ride now. We do music videos. That's our thing. We just music. And I looked at Fuse TV the other day, and do you know what was on? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so okay, they don't do music. But- they don't do music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem like. But also, like YouTube exists. So really, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Because back in two thousand three. I couldn't just YouTube Grand Theft Auto Where's Your Boy. I had to like wait around watching music videos until that song popped on. And then I could like change the channel and go watch something else. Because 2003 was a different time. <laughs> it was a completely different world we lived in. It was. It, we were we were in a world of Jimmy Worlds at the time. Jimmy was eating the entire world. He ate the whole thing and he only put out two albums. Maybe I don't think he might have only put out three songs that I can remember. Um, we, but they, I liked I, them. So. Look, I'm a Jimmy World apologist, at least when it comes to the three like records from their heyday, or what I would consider like three of their biggest records. Yeah, but like I get it. Like to, I think most people who aren't like me and people very like me, Jimmy World was on a couple Tony Hawks and did the middle, yeah. and that's <laughs> what people know them for, and that's fine. Like they're like three like hits uh, I I enjoy, but my little brother actively likes some of their albums, and I refuse to like acknowledge to him that it's actually Jimmy E World because they only put out the three songs, um, just because <laughs> you know how siblings are, right, um, right. But uh, but Fall Out Boy, a, a band that I do acknowledge, put out more than three songs. Uh, yeah, I've been a I've been a fan of the whole time. I think uh, the whole time through the through the hiatus through the just them not saying it's a hiatus, but them not putting out an album for longer than the hiatus that they took was uh, <laughs> right. the, the whole, the whole time. Uh, and again, I think they had two, two, not two. I'm going to call them stinkers. Um, two, <laughs> two kind of stinkers, but, uh, you just, you know, don't listen to those ones as much. I can listen to take this to your grave every single day. If I wanted to, it was real strong as a, like a first record, take this to your grave really kind of came out like firing on like i don't know if it's a six-cylinder engine in, in this mixed metaphor that i'm concocting on the fly <laughs> it, it was firing on at least four of those you know oh yeah it was for like a, sure it was a four-cylinder yeah i think i think for like a debut album for a, a pop punk band made up entirely of uh people who were in hardcore bands and patrick stump <laughs> i don't think you could possibly have done any better uh than than that for for a 
a first outing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then they just like I think they just keep getting better. I think they kind of I like they have a peak. I'm not going to spoil what my what I think their peak is, but they you know then they stay good for a while until it's only really the two albums that I don't like. It's everything else I really enjoy. <laughs> and again, Wilson off of Mania, legit one of my favorite songs of theirs. I don't know where how they captured that magic, but they did it. And then the you know the rest of it just them screaming at llamas or whatever. <laughs> so that was the llama record. It was just yeah. all llamas all the time. The llamas are. I love Fall Out Boy because like Pete is does all the lyrics and like Patrick just like puts all the songs because he's a, he's a composer at heart. He likes to like making music and songs and stuff. And then he just happens to have like a phenomenal drummer and guitarist like there that can do whatever <laughs> you know and like pete's lyrics are always like there there's it's a lot of i think uh taylor swift said it best it's all zingers uh all their all, most of their songs are just like zinger after zinger after zinger and i think it really works and then you get to mania where they there's some sort of concept album about llamas and i just don't know what he was <laughs> going for <laughs> like it's, this was not for me pete jay i'm i'm withholding some of my opinions uh until we get into the album proper okay sure i think you're gonna offer a uh, much needed counterbalance on this episode based on oh, everything okay. you've said so far. I'm excited, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about the Fallout Boys before we get started? Um, I don't think so. I mean, the only other thing that I can say is that uh, one one thing that I, I watched uh, after this came out, there was they did an interview with Apple Music, some some vaguely British guy through Apple. I don't know. <laughs> sure. His name was like his name was like Zane or something, and oh, he was guy, like. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the most okay interviewer, but I feel like he's been doing it too long and he's a little too chummy with them and doesn't like, I don't know, it, feel, it felt weird. I don't know if it's any other ones or if he's just like actual friends with Pete and, and Patrick I, uh, and, and it felt a little too close to home with some of the questions he was asking, but. No, here's the thing is that like, I think that like that guy is just like, just like a dude, like he's just like low key, like just a he's guy. like that with everybody. I don't think well, it's just Fall Boy. I watched that's charming like, then. His interview um, with, like, I think it, it just doesn't work with that Fall Out Boy interview. I've only seen pieces of it, but you're right. That feels real awkward and kind of like, yeah, mm, like it feels like he's trying to maybe be a little bit too chummy um, with them. Yeah. Whereas like the one he did with Paramore, like he's just as chummy and he's just as like personal, but it all feels natural. It feels like everybody's huh. playing the same game and it doesn't feel like he's playing the same game the Fall Out Boy is playing in that interview. Right. I feel like, I feel like it's like, he's like, I've known you for so long that I can like, I don't need to like ask as many questions. I can just kind of like talk. And I was like, well, yeah, normally if this is a podcast, I would say yes, but you're doing an actual interview. So I feel like. <laughs> There should be some more. Anyway, the, the point is that I watched the whole the whole thing, and uh, I th- for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, good interview, a lot of good insights. And one of the things that they said was that they never try to go backwards, like they never try to make the same album again. And th- the reason for that is Pete was like, we could have made Take This to Your Grave 2 and Take This to Your Grave 3, but we would not have made a Take This to Your Grave 4. Like, nobody would listen to that again, you know, and by changing it up all every time, like, it keeps it fresh for them and for, like, listeners. And I think that this album, like, when it first, like, I forget when it, when they, like, revealed, like, oh, we're doing a new album coming out soon. Um, mm-hmm. They're, like, they put out a little bit of, of love from the other side, and everyone's like, oh, it's like a, they're doing, they're, it's a return to their old, like, emo stuff and the music even the music video for it has like them going mm-hmm. back to emo island <laughs> like they're on from 
from wherever from like you know poplandia or whatever the hell and they fight werewolves you know yeah fallout boy gets sometimes that's um, yeah that's that's pretty fallout boy yeah they're like all a bunch of dorks which is you know which is nice that they, you know that they still have that going um but they're so they uh everyone's like oh they're going back and then like you listen to it and it's like no it's, it definitely feels like it's like a new thing it just like it, it also gives me a couple like older school tingles and i don't know if that's just because they're getting away from like the scratchy kind of mania like overproduced a little overproduced mania sound or if it's just like it's new in a way that i'm excited for um but either way i'm glad it's not just like here's here's x album part two because like i've already listened to those a lot of times i want to listen to the new thing and i appreciate that about them right right yeah i think that will be that's going to be an interesting discussion as we we get into this record like if this is your first time listening to this version of the show we rather than talking after the fact about a movie that happened we talk about a record while the record is happening so if you want to listen along at home with us and you don't own a copy of the record you can stream it using the link in the description there's going to be timestamps there in case you end up getting desaint i know not everybody has like spotify premium so you have like ad breaks and shit regardless of however you choose to listen we're going to count down three, two, one, go, and then we're going to press play on our end on go. So, like, join us if you need to pause and get things queued up. Now is the time to do that. Jake, are you ready? I am. All right. Three, two, one, go. This is love from the other side. It is. Is this the same other side that the Red Hot Chili Peppers were talking about? Uh, you know... Honestly, the videos are weirdly similar now that you mentioned that. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> they have that because, like, like I haven't watched the other side by the Red Hot Chili Peppers in uh, quite some time. Um, because why would you? <laughs> right. Um. You know. And not, you know. No. No hate to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You made your money, but I like. I just haven't. You know. <laughs> um. Listened to that in a while, but I. I think that, you know how it's like kind of weirdly choppy. It's got that like old school film kind of like flittering <laughs> quality to it like this their the music video for love from the other side feels a little bit like that it's also like you know kind of weirdly stylized and stuff so maybe you might be onto something um i also want to point out these violins right here these these strings playing yeah basically exactly the same as the strings from prevent this tragedy from fellow chicago band alkaline trio <laughs> it's basically the same and i i feel like i'm the only person that hears it and i can't be there's gotta be somebody else I, I bet you're right. Alkaline Trio is just like has always existed just outside the periphery of like yeah the bands in the scene that I listen to. But I would definitely take your word for it. I think like oh God, if, if Fall Out Boy is good at one thing, I'm gonna give them this: is that they know how to write a goddamn album opener. They yeah, I was a little the the first time I heard it, I was a little like okay because it starts with the violins and stuff, and then it like kicks in, and I was like, oh okay, there they are. They were just like. They were giving me a second to like get, <laughs> sit in it, you know. Um, also, the lyric like "I don't want to go," or "I, I, I just, I, yeah, I don't want to go. I just want to be invited." Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, hell yeah, That's Pete, amazing. you got me on that one. Yeah, I look. I am both socially awkward and have rejection sensitive dysphoria. So, like, correct, <laughs> just, please, yeah. please invite me, even if I'm not going to show up. Yeah, I will text you last minute and say like, "Hey, I can't. Something came up. I'm so sorry, but." uh you know, I just don't want to know you were thinking about me. Yeah, I have to wash my hands. I can't show up. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. It's, you know, my tummy's 
feeling weird. I can't go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my tummy is wrecked with anxiety. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's usually how it goes. <laughs> uh, what do, uh, what do you what do you think about the song though? You only listened to it once, apparently, from what I from I have, what you said earlier. So, like, I've only listened to this record all the way through once. I've listened to this song a few times because this okay. is like the one they put out back in February or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, it got me a little excited for the record because, like, oh, I I do like this. It's not that like it necessarily sounded like their old stuff, and I wanted them to like relitigate stuff that they did in previous records. Right. We just did a bunch of Wonder Years records, and I talked about how like I when I love a band, I want to see them grow and evolve and do new things. Yeah. Um, rather than just making the same record, but there is like a core of Fallout Boy that's present here that does feel missing from some of those later records. Yeah. It, there's like a, I don't like, I don't know how to, if, if anyone else will understand that if you specifically or anyone else listening, there's like a sure. crispness to them. Not like, mm. not necessarily like, um, like no, I, I polish or anything. It's just like, there's like this sort of like, just it's, it's like, there's just like a sharpness to it that like, no, yeah. A couple of their albums did not have for sure. It like, it feels very, it's, I think it's both a production thing and just like a, the way they're phrasing certain things, the subject matter. Like it's there's an yeah. edge here that has been missing. Yeah, and I I, I mean a lot of that is because like Pete writes the lyrics, and a lot of the lyrics like are just about Pete's life. I don't know if during the I think it was Infinity on High episode if you talked about the Pete Key conspiracy or anything. Um, the, I don't oh, know that the came Pete up. Mikey way shit. Yeah, you yeah. Better believe it if we're doing a Fall Out Boy podcast. Oh. Uh, Cause like, I didn't know about that until recently and like spoilers, I love infinity on high. And I was like, God bless Mikey way for breaking Pete Wentz's heart. Cause that album fucking whips. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, but like this one, it like, it definitely feels like, cause like with, with ABAP and mania, like especially ABAP. Cause like, again, I just, I don't like that out. I just don't think it's a good album. Like, like ABAP, like mania a little bit, but ABAP specifically, there's just like something missing about from all the lyrics i'm a lyrics guy more than i'm like any other kind of music but like there's just something missing from his lyrics and i think that is like relatability like it's just like he wrote songs to have them written not necessarily like about what he was going through or anything um and like maybe he was and maybe i'm reading it wrong but that's just what i felt about it and i just did not care for it you know so but this one like it definitely feels like this is my this is my quarantine sad <laughs> one and <laughs> sure. I like I'm like I'm I like I don't like that it happened but I'm glad you had something to write about you know. Hmm. Yeah, I look. I here's here's the thing, Jake. I think Pete Wentz is the weakest part of this band. Uh, <laughs> really? Jake, okay. I I really do because I am I'm a lyrics guy too, and nobody drives me up a wall more than Pete Wentz because I feel this is why you're going to be a good balance to me because <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm ready. A very, you have a big appreciation for this human person as a lyricist. And I think he writes bad teenage poetry and the rest of his band saves his life every single I, time. I, here's the thing. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I just like the bad teenage poetry. He's writing a lot of the time, uh, especially like the, you know, the earlier stuff. But like, I feel like when he hits a good hook, like, he is unstoppable. 
and like the, from from the way that uh, Patrick was describing their process, apparently he just like sends Patrick lyrics that have no structure. He just sent which so he literally sends him here's you know <laughs> poetry here's a with a bridge and a chorus basically, and then Patrick is like. All right, I'm gonna me, make this good. <laughs> let me make it a song, I guess. Right, um, I, and like that makes sense. Like when you think about it, as like it's just poetry, <laughs> like and yeah. you know, um, but like I think it's very like you know, like I do not begrudge anyone for uh, a different taste, you know. That's good. Otherwise, there would be much grudging happening during this episode. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially on this record, man, the lyrics are. Th- this is a fascinating record because it has what I think is one of my favorite Fall Out Boy songs and one of the best songs they've ever written on it, uh, okay. bar none, in my opinion. What and is, is also that? just like a mess. It's just like I I really look at some of these lyrics and I'm like, this is. You should have taken two or three more stabs at this, Pete. I swear. You yeah, can, I want him to do better. It's not that like I'm mad. I just I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I just I want things to be better. It. I get. I think I think lyrically this album is like it's weaker than my some of my favorite of theirs. Um, but I think it like it just again maybe it's just the fact that it's coming off of two like one album that is like I genuinely dislike and one album that like I really want to like but can only really bring myself to like two or three songs from. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the fact that I enjoy every, at least I would say in like I bare minimum in like am okay listening to any of the songs on this album. Like I feel like that might it might be like rose tinted glasses and like in a year I'll be like, ah, you know, it's it a lot worse than <laughs> sure. it is now. But um what's your favorite song on this? What song do you think is is very good? I ain't telling you. Well I wanna cover it when we get there. Okay. Dude. I'm I'm trying not to do the lyrics just in case anybody gets or the any like melody or anything in case anyone gets desynced. I don't I feel like that would be very distracting for them. <laughs> <laughs> so that last one was heartbreak feels so good. I don't think I said that, and now we're on to hold me like a grudge. Yes. To get back to that point that you were talking about, about how like this album has something and like you can listen to any of these songs. Sonically, I'm with you. Like this is my this is my favorite version of them in a long time in terms of the way yeah. the songs are structured, like the uh, like the like just the general aesthetic of the record as a whole. It it sounds more like the kind of shit I dig. And then Pete happens, and I'm like, <laughs> but but <laughs> Pete, <laughs> just some of uh, these some turns of phrases do not work for me the way he wants them to at all. Yeah. There was a. They talked a little bit about that in that interview. There was, that was a, a really like insightful interview in terms of like their process and like how how like they they do things. Um, but like apparently there's like there'll be some points where where Patrick will be like, oh, I need to I need to change something to make it fit, and he will change something. And when Pete's going through it, he'll like he won't know that that's the thing that Patrick changed. But he'll just be like, mm, I want to I got I got to figure out a new lyric for this. Because it doesn't work the way, and and it's always he said without fail is always the one thing Patrick changed because like Pete doesn't remember the like exactly what he wrote when he sent him like he doesn't have it memorized <laughs> but like he just can feel when something is not <laughs> like it didn't come from him yeah and I think that's very funny but also like I feel like there's a couple times where like maybe let Patrick give it a shot maybe just like let him see what happens um yeah I I haven't listened to the 
solo stuff. I feel like maybe I should get around to that. The only this is going to be really weird. The because oh, I I love again I I love I think Patrick's voice is like one of the the I would say two key components of Fallout Boy to me that I need to have to to come back to. It's like you know I need some zippy lyrics and I need Patrick Stump just going crazy for no reason. Um, but the the only I haven't listened to his solo album. I have listened to his Amazing Spider Man or Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. The like Disney Junior show. I've listened to some oh, of the music yeah. from that, and it whips. <laughs> it's, it's some good stuff. That meant, like I, I wish they did stuff for the Amazing Spider Man. That feels like it would have been. That was that was a perfect time to make that happen, and they didn't make that happen. Yeah, well, I mean, Patrick's you know solo making it happen now, but I think uh, as true. a band, they they missed the boat. Um, also, this song is called "Hold Me Like a Grudge." They have a song on, I think it's on Mania, called "Hold Me Tight or Don't," and it's like mm-hmm. two in a row. Hold me something's Pete. What happened? What happened there? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like this chorus is like, this is what I'm talking about. It's like I think you put the fun and dysfunctional fine. Part-time soulmate, the part-time soulmate, full-time problem. Look, it's impressive that he can say it because I can't. Apparently, it's a mouthful I think that's, for sure. I think it's bad. I think it's. I think it's just bad. It's. I. I like the sentiment. A lot of it is that, like I like the sentiment, mm. and I can just like I'm just like yeah. okay with the sentiment happening, but like the actual like what it sounds like, not the best. We're on to fake out. I like this guitar tone. I I, I do. I this one this one I it took me a couple times to get into, um, and there is I, I like in terms of like don't like this lyric. This might be my least one of my least favorite, maybe not least favorite, but one that I think works the least, and that is uh, in the chorus, like the like. I just gotta figure a figure out a window to break out. I like I don't know what I know what you're going for. I don't know how you got here. Uh, Pete, <laughs> my man. I do like this part though. The make no plans and the way he says it, I really like. Yeah, I think they're real good at pre-choruses. Yeah, end up dropping the ball for me in choruses, which is really disappointing for me. I think a lot of their their like earlier choruses, I like I. There are some where I'm like. Like Infinity on High, I think is like kind of bulletproof, um, and there's like a lot of other songs that I'm like great chorus. But I think this album in specific, like I want the choruses to be better. <laughs> like uh, I, yeah, I just I again, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> right, <laughs> just right. A lot of your choruses. I think even like within like, look. Pete's gonna Pete, and he wrote those lines. Uh, Pete's gonna Pete, and you can't stop me, dude. We got we got a we got a whole ass film, like cut from the t- dialogue from the film. And there's one thing you know about Pete Wentz that he loves himself a film, and then there's a, just a whole poem. There's a whole song that's just Pete's bad poetry, uh, without Patrick's yeah. music to to help it out, and. So some of my least favorite parts of the earlier albums is when there's just Pete yelling a poem <laughs> over a guitar. Agreed. Fully agreed. I like he yeah. wants it to work so badly and I don't think it does at all. And weirdly, the, like the version of that that is on this record is at least the best version of that that he has ever Easily done. Easily the best. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Not a contest. 
Yeah, absolutely wild that he's like, we're just going to do one. We're going to call it Baby Annihilation, which I have a fun story about that <laughs> uh, That from that thing when we get there. Um, <laughs> sure. And uh, yeah, it's and it's just like, it's like, Pete, don't look. You're already, all the lyrics are already your poetry. You don't need to just do a poem like in a weird meter like getting screamier and screamier as you go and like i get that it's like it look it's not my band i'm not gonna tell you your business but right oh uh, i don't have to like it either you know do to break out what do you mean like what do you gotta figure I, out a window to wh- from where i i don't know i i i think it's like i think the what they are insinuating there is that like you're i, I feel smothered but the, right. the way that the, these lyrics flow, they should be flipping the breakout and fakeout lines. The fakeout line should come first, and the breakout is the stronger piece to end on. I think so too, because like it's if you're taking it like literally like buried alive inside my dreams, like I don't know, like I, I like I get the fakeout part then. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I don't know. There's Again, I want to give him the BOTD, but like, there's just, yeah, there's some, there's some things where it's like, I don't know if he's getting like lost in the metaphor or like the wording. Cause I know he doesn't really care about wording. Like he, he like, which is obviously evident in <laughs> the songs. You can but tell like, because of the way that it is. Because of the way the words go sometimes. It, like, yeah. uh, there's like, there's a whole part in that interview about they were them talking about like their early years when like Patrick was also like writing lyrics a little bit, but he doesn't like like writing lyrics as much so he, he just wants to make the music and fit the lyrics in around it um which is admirable i think to be able to <laughs> to say that like i don't know um but like then uh him and pete would have like fights about wording where pete would be like it has to be this and, and pete was like and patrick would be like if you don't change this word i will kill you <laughs> <laughs> um and like i that's so much that's so that's like so funny though that it's like those those guys are still friends and that like i think that's good at least you know uh what do you think we're on heaven iowa i don't think we said by the we're on we're on heaven iowa we are now on and in heaven iowa yeah also this is this is track six so this is the last follow-up boy style song the rest of them were all panic at the disco yeah everything from song. here is just a panic of the disco record for yeah. sure yeah well, that's a bummer because, like, I think my two favorite songs on the album are st- coming up still. So, mm. you know, maybe my three favorite. If I'm looking at, yeah, the way I'm looking at it, I think my three favorite songs are coming up. So there, look, I there's been I feel at least in the records that I've been listening to a lot recently over the last like I don't know four five years, more albums are like backloaded where like some of the best shit is actually towards the back end of the records. Yeah, and I feel like and, that's so different from like when we grew up and everything would be like front loaded, if anything, and then it would be a bunch of shit that nobody really listened to in the back half. Right. I, I like that. And that's like, I, like I get why. It's because like we used to have to buy an album, like a CD at a store and put it in our Walkman and <laughs> listen to it. And you could hit the shuffle button if you had a, if you had a sufficiently advanced Walkman, but you know, <laughs> right. they but weren't built with that protection? in mind. Yeah, you got skip protection so you can you can be on the bus and listen to a song at the same time. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, now now they're I feel like they they want it to end stronger so you remember it good <laughs> when they go out. Yeah, and then like listen to it again, I guess. Yeah, if there are slumps in records these days over the last like five ten years or whatever, 
usually towards like the middle of the record. And they try to start strong and end strong. Yeah. Which is good. It's like a good way to sequence and pace your records as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I feel like the, uh, uh, not their last album, but the one for the Mountain Goats, um, uh, Getting Into Knives, I think it was their, not the last album mm. they put out, but the one before that. The whole middle. It's the last one that I've listened to. <laughs> um, I, I love the Mountain Goats, like legitimately one of my top three favorite bands, <laughs> but sure. I just, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to uh, Bleed Out yet, but I love the, the two or three songs I've heard from it. Um, but, mm-hmm. but Getting Into Knives is like, the whole middle is like seven minute long bummers. And I was like, "Why, oh. John? Why did you do that?" Like, and it's like, it, like it starts strong and it ends strong, but like, the, like I'm like, now I know that I can skip four or five, like right in the middle, you know, if I'm not feeling it. But, uh, but this album d- does like, it's, I think I feel like it is about to pick up uh, for me at least. It's fair. This is in contention. This is uh, so good right now. This is in contention for favorite song on the album. Yeah, so good. So good. Right. So many O's. So, so good. Right. No. It's also, I think, the shortest on the album. Uh, 258. Yeah. Not not counting the, uh, <laughs> the poem or the non songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which there was a thing a little while ago that I read where like, songs are getting shorter now because of TikTok. Uh, so you can fit more of it into a <laughs> into a TikTok. I I think that I think what's happening in TikTok is actually just it's it's carrying over from streaming because like the steam streaming metrics are like we want you to like they need to listen to at least a minute of this song before they like they they like ditch out so we want to really cram in like a verse and chorus in that first little section yeah. so we're getting like shorter first and second verses uh, if we get a second verse at all but more than anything and this is something i'm very passionate about jake you stumbled into my oh no did I, did I, I i pulled the trap card <laughs> oh no 100 <laughs> percent uh people aren't writing bridges and pop music anymore no more bridges. Hate, like what the yeah. fuck are y'all doing that is the best part of the song uh, I think Taylor Swift is holding it down for the bridges, and that's she is like the last bastion of, of bridges at this point. Yeah, and it's not—it's like obviously not all like pop music by any means, but like the like yeah the stuff that the youths seem to be real into. It seems to be a a pattern that is developing. Right. It's like, well, part of our song's got to go, so we're just gonna do, and they don't even repeat the, the chorus twice. It's just like verse, yeah. chorus, verse, chorus, end of song. What? Like that's gonna that's gonna up your streaming numbers, yes, because they're gonna want to listen to it again because they didn't get enough of it the first time. But I feel so unfulfilled. Yeah, yeah. The other other thing is, a lot of songs are like they're either chorus focused or verse focused now, and you can always tell when they when they got one, and they're like, we don't care about the other one. Um, Especially if you hear things on TikToks, and you're like, oh, that chorus is really cool. What's the rest of the song sound like? Oh, dog shit. Oh no. What what happened? (laughs) That's why sometimes them TikToks, them TikToks musics, they they put out some good stuff. There's a song that I heard uh, the first, uh, I guess, half of on TikTok um, called "Switch the Station" by Isabel Pless. Highly recommend. I heard. Uh, yeah, I, I just heard the first part of that, and I was like, I can't wait for this song to come out. And it came out like last week, and I've listened to it about fifty times. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I found her way back in the day. She like she had just like a clip of one of her songs. And well, first of all, we're on the pink seashell, which is just a clip from Ethan Hawk from an Ethan Hawk movie. It's a uh, it's from. Oh, God, it's I forget what movie it's from. I'm looking at the comments to see if it is in there. I can't tell. It's it was from one of his like uh, I, I'm a sad boy. <laughs> Here's a sad movie <laughs> one. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. He he had a, he had a quite a string of those, um, <laughs> right? Know, for quite some time, and it was like Gattaca in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I am. I, I don't hate this. I don't hate this. It's like just a, like a tone track on the record. Right. It also is very Panic at the Disco. <laughs> it, it, it's 100%. This is definitely ripped straight off of that, whatever that Beatles record was that they did. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. We're on to I Am My Own Muse. Anyway, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, uh, no, Isabel Pless. Yeah, Isabel Pless. So, like, I came across her a long time ago um, on the TikToks whenever. This is good, though. This music right now that's happening. This is is some good stuff, yeah. Uh, Whenever you're just, like, going, when it goes to full symphonic fucking rock shit, um, like, it's fun. Patrick talked about that a couple times where he's like, I don't know if this is the last, like every time I'm worried, this is the last time someone will give me money to get an orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) Give him an orchestra more for sure. Uh, Yeah. I I found Isabel plus a long time ago. I randomly ran across like a lyric, like when she was like getting, I think more started out, like she really hadn't gotten her like claws into like the independent, um, like the DIY scene as it is just yet and it was like a verse course section i was like oh this sounds like this sounds like something the wonder years would write this is very targeted yeah. to me specifically <laughs> uh and the like finished version of that song i don't i don't like it quite as much i can't remember which one it is off the top of my head but i do remember yeah. like there was enough changes made to it. was like it lost that something special that i really loved but she's like legitimately a very competent young songwriter and i'm excited Her- to see where she goes yeah, her like like switch to station. It was just the first verse, and like, I it was like mostly acapella. I think it was like the actual song, but it like, it, I don't know if there's just just not a lot of guitar or whatever, or if I'm listening to it on my phone. So like the speakers or whatever, mm-hmm. um, like my old old iPhone eight or whatever it is, like, and I was just so blown away by her lyrics that I was like, I you've made a fan today. <laughs> like, yeah. You just I am hooked. And then like she put the um the EPO which is Switch the Station and Little Life which has like, one of the most like this lyric is a witch's curse lyrics that I've ever heard which is <laughs> I hope I hope you lose your mind but not your patience and I was like that is a pox on someone's house. Oh my god, Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> like, um yeah, she's she's very good. Um, I don't know how we started talking about her, but it's fine. Welcome Isabel to our Plus. Isabel Plus podcast. Yeah. It's that's what this is about from now on. The Isabel Plus fan cast. No, she's she's real good. Twist that knife. Yeah. Speaking of choruses that I don't like, this I don't one? like this one. Yeah, I don't. Um, I I feel like 
I don't know. I, I, there's a couple songs on this on this album where the chorus just feels like it forgets to finish. Mm. And I think that's my problem. Because it's like, smash all the guitars till we see all the stars. Gotta throw this year away. Gotta throw it away like a bad luck charm. Like this right here. And like... Like, I just feel like you... Like, there's something else that is missing from the middle of that, you know? It, yeah, I... It, it still feels like he's writing half of a chorus to me on this yeah. record. I know it lands a little bit better for you, but it for me, not so much. Yeah, I don't know. It just it happens a fair amount. And like this is probably maybe my least favorite on the album. But I don't know. I would have to I would have to make a chart. I feel, I feel like <laughs> the instrumentation, though, like I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like whenever this is a nice violin and something. Always a big fan of that. Yeah. This flu game. Flu game? Flu game. Yeah. Flu game. This one, I feel like I forget about more often than I don't. It's a wild title. It it is, and I all like <laughs> like the good the the thing I do like about this album is that a lot of the titles like are the kind of fallout boy evocative titles without being like the super long like ones that people like parody to make fallout boy mm-hmm. uh songs like like shannon and i were joking shannon who's my co-host on uh kingdom of smarts we were joking mm-hmm. that every um kingdom hearts game you could rename as a fallout boy song and it would fit per- there's at least <laughs> one that would perfectly land uh like chain of memories is is you know kingdom hearts thanks for the memories <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the the first one, Kingdom Hearts One, is Kingdom Hearts Grand Theft Auto. Parentheses, where's your boy? Like, there's a, there's a, a, a follow boy for every <laughs> Kingdom Hearts occasion. Well. That one works really well. Yeah, um, there's there's a for every occasion, follow boys gotcha. Um, but th- this one has like nice titles that are like evocative, but they're not a complete sentence. <laughs> you know, like it's fun. The like whole of Fifth Wave emo has picked up that baton and it's just running with it right now. Are they are they back to that? <laughs> Oh, I think they're killing it. I think uh, Hot Mulligan's like the biggest band that's doing that right now. Where it's just like, we just named our song title some bullshit. Yeah. And then like <laughs> actually wrote a really good, competent, like <laughs> rock song to it. Uh, hey, that's look, I, I don't care how goofy your title is if the song kicks ass, right? Like that's, you know, that's, I feel like song titles are a freebie, uh, Especially, but like Follow Boy did, I feel like maybe too many of them, and maybe it's just because I'm like deep in the Follow Boy paint, and that like I know all of the titles from from you know from under the cork tree. That like I can be like, mm, did you need six run-on sentences that are titles? Um, but also like, what else would you name them? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would prefer it to be like shorter bullshit, so it's like a quick, snappy thing that's easy to recall. Yeah. Rather than, you know, half a paragraph of teenage poetry penned by one Pete Wentz. Right. Our lawyers made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued, which originally right. was going to be called My Name is Something and These are the Temptations. <laughs> right. Right. That one's uh, good. Which, just because that's of the story behind it. Yeah. Um, still long, you know. Uh, and there's like, I think it's also from Front of the Cork Tree, the uh, uh, I Slept with Someone in Follow Point, and all I got was this song written about me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, cl- classic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I don't know if we need all these non and non and non 
Uh, yeah. Th- so when when this happens, it it kind of gives me mania flashbacks. It's just it just keeps going. Is the problem? There's a they put out an EP right after Mania called Lake Effect Kid. That's like two thirds really good and one third abysmal to listen to. The rain. Yeah. The abysmal song is a lot of these like the like repeat the same thing over like guitars and it's just kind of blah. This is baby annihilation. Baby annihilation. Baby annihilation. <laughs> this is <laughs> this, this is this the is best. what they're gonna call abortion from now on in all <laughs> red states. <laughs> Originally, like he didn't have a title for it, and he just started. He was calling it like a little annihilation, and then just decided to change it to That's baby annihilation because it was funny, you know. <laughs> um, I like a little annihilation better. Yeah, I think Baby Annihilation is like that one step too cutesy. Like, it's very, it's very a poem in that like the title is just like one step too too cutesy. Um, also, boy, if this if these were lyrics and Patrick Stump had arranged them, I feel like it would probably land okay. But uh, as a poem, not my favorite. Not your your favorite favor of the week. Yeah, not my favorite. Uh, I don't know why I say that sometimes. It just happens, and I just let it go. <laughs> no, it's good. I, it's a it's a quality portmanteau. Yeah. All right, we are on to the Kintsugi Kid, 10 years. And this is, I think, one of the best songs I've ever written. This song, the... The, I don't know if it's the chorus or the pre-chorus, whichever whichever one has the uh, I think it's the chorus. It's the ten years in a in a bit of chemical mm. hate. Boy, does that have a grip on me! It, I don't know what you put in those lyrics, Pete. <laughs> it hits it it hits correctly because we've had this discussion in previous episodes, Son and I, where it feels like they're afraid of letting themselves be completely vulnerable, which probably sounds antithetical to the teenage poetry thing right but what i mean by that is that pete will try to take a metaphor and shove it up its own ass with a bunch of flowery language and attempts to make it sound more intellectual and mature right whereas a lyric like 10 years in a bit of a chemical haze and i missed the way that i felt nothing just cuts right through all the bullshit that get yeah i think you're i think you're absolutely right though in that like a lot of the lyric like I don't know if it's every lyric, but a lot of the lyrics, like they they present vulnerability, but then they do that that very teenager thing of like, of like, no, it, I'm cool actually. Don't I don't. Yeah. That's a joke. That's a, what I just said. That's a jokes. That's because I was having a laugh. It's not real. Don't worry about it. Like they do tend to do that a lot, and I think I think you're absolutely right on that. And like this one, just like no, I'm just gonna say the thing that I feel. Um, and that's, this is, this is, yeah, maybe in contention for favorite song on the album. Yeah. For me, it's no contest that this is the best song on the record. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, every time I hear it, I think it, it, it bumps up, but this, um, so good right now. And what a time, the next song, what a time to be alive. or like the three that kind of like mm-hmm. are, are just kind of far and away ahead of everybody else tra- trading for first. Yeah, that's and a lot of that is because I'm also like a I like pop music and like <laughs> two yeah. of those songs are very poppy. Even 
thing here I could do with a little less of the non non nas. They're they're inoffensive here. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think I think these ones like fit because they're just sort of like feelings more than mm -hmm. placeholder lyrics. You know what I mean? Because like, a lot of times when they just make sounds, it's just because like we got nothing to go here, but something needs to go here. But this one, I just right. feel like it it fits better than everywhere else. Also, Kintsugi is for anyone. Uh, if I can put my smarty pants hat on, Ooh. I think they would be smarty pants Why pants on. But I right, right. Uh, but uh, Kintsugi is a Japanese word uh, that is the act of repairing something by adding gold to it. So, like, there's a if you if you like drop a teacup and break it, they will put molten gold and they will piece it back together using gold to to stick it together and it makes this like really beautiful looking thing out of something broken and it's like the that's that's what kintsugi is and it's uh just a very it's a very pretty thing to do i think mm -hmm. uh and uh i like i just like the 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 you know the feeling of it with the song yeah. no i think it's a i think it's a good like mo for a lot of this genre and probably pete wince as a human person like it I think it fits pretty well. I wish that his lyrics were as well executed as that metaphor. Right. Also, this little like howling is his daughter. Aww. This is this is just another song, right? What this is what a time to be alive. But like, I feel like this is just somebody else's song. This, uh, yes and no. I feel is like this isn't this December? Isn't this just December? <laughs> I feel like if any song is going to be the one they're like, this is a panic of disco style. J Jushin, our friend Jushin, who left the review. Um, I feel like this is the song that they're talking about because like it does feel like super not a Fallout Boy song, but in a way that I really appreciate Fallout Boy doing. Mm. Uh, I love when people like actors play against type. I like when musicians put out songs that like sound very different, but I, but, and this is very selfish that I still like, you know, if I, if they put a song that right. different and I didn't <laughs> like it, then like, you know, but I'm the only one who can experience my feelings. So like, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> But this one, I just this is just a good ass pop song. I think it's it's fucking disco. It's like it's fun. Yeah. It's also like the lyrics are like explicitly about lockdown and like the you know the first several quarantines and and everything and that and I I feel like um this this version of person who's got money and a family to, you know being like sad mm -hmm. about lockdown this is my favorite version of that because like i haven't watched all of bo burnham's special but like dude made that in his guest in his huge guest house <laughs> like uh, i don't know man i feel like i want to come with you on the ride some of this stuff's okay but i don't know if i can just believe it as much um but this one like it's just like oops i'm depressed and can't do anything about it uh anyway let's make a disco song about that is something that i really appreciate yeah, I think I, man, I think this song wants to be "Ain't It Fun," uh, the best Paramore song. The best it's Paramore not, song, yeah, you're right. But it's still fun. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'll die on that hill. That like I, 100%. I waffle between that and um, uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. 
the other song that I like that I can't think of the name. I'm not a huge pair. I like Paramore of a fair amount, but I've never sat down mm-hmm. and listened to a whole Paramore album. But I am also a cat. Like, well, I've listened to the records all the way through, but I'm still would consider myself a casual. Yeah, Paramore I'm a enjoyer. I'm a filthy casual as it comes to them. What's the song? The the still into you. That's the other one. That's what it's mm-hmm. called. Uh, yeah, th- those two are in contention. But I think ain't it fun? Just like absolutely rips. Yeah, I think it's on another level. And I like the album version better than the uh, the radio edit as well. So it just got a little, it just got a little bit more, just got yeah. a little more ass in it. <laughs> yeah, just you know, Miss Williams, if you're nasty, put her ass into it. Yeah, Miss Williams, thank you. Just from appreciate <laughs> <laughs> from everyone in society. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know this like this song. I feel like the fact that it is like a disco song that feels so different from not only everything else on this album, mm-hmm. but like everything else that they have done. Like I feel like yeah. that that's what makes it like really stand out, obviously, it, but also like click in a way that I I yeah. you know I don't know if anything else does. That's fair. That's fair. We're on to the title track. So much for Stardust. It's in brackets. Ford is in brackets like it's an Evangelion title. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it, but I understand the the feeling behind it. Um, yeah, they do. For the all those rebuilds, they do the you cannot advance, you cannot redo, whatever. And the not is in parentheses, just like this. Uh, okay. Like, it's literally the third. It's the exact it's same li- format. the same thing. I Well, look, yeah. I know Pete loves a film. So, like, maybe he also loves an anime. I would not be. I would love to talk to Pete Wentz about My Hero Academia if I could. Um, that would be honestly. A, a conversation for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the the this this song is one of the weaker ones too. I mean, we talked about how it kind of ends strong, but I feel like the last the last song ended was like the strong end, and then this is sort of like the like coda, I guess. It's if if that's mm. if I'm using that correctly. Sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I went to film school. I didn't go to music school. I don't know about any, any of this shit. <laughs> I've went to neither. It's fine. I've also been cussing, and I just realized maybe I shouldn't have been. I don't know if you guys are a cuss. Oh I, no, I I am the, the. This is hilarious because I think it was like the last episode that we did with Sun, where Sun was like, "Wait, can I? Can I? Can I curse?" And I'm like, "We have done." How many of these <laughs> at this point? And I say fuck like every twelve words. So you're uh, good. Okay, I just like I, I just haven't noticed, and I was like, I know Mark does. I don't think I've ever heard Mark cuss. <laughs> um, so I was like, I don't. Oh man, I don't know if this is a cussing podcast or not. Um, I have Mark, if, if Mark will do clear, a cuss. Good. He definitely curses less than me, but he. Well, yeah. You, you push him. You push him. If he's in um, enough of a mood or feels <laughs> strong enough, a, you'll get right. a fuck out of him, and it always feels good. I I, I bet I got I'll have to uh, <laughs> listen in for for that. Um. I think this song. I, I, my big problem with this song is that is the fade out at the end. I like. It feels like a letdown a little bit to me. I don't know how you feel about it. I, you have to really execute a fade out properly for me to like be like, yeah, you did it. Like then on that last track where it's like a disco, I'm fine with that. That was very yeah. like prominent like way to end those type of songs went in like their heyday. So right. it works like tonally. This one, it just kind of 
to just yeah kind of peters out and i like why not just let it keep going riff for a while and go for a big finish yeah i feel like if they if if they would have switched this and what a time to be alive i feel like that would have flowed a lot better because you go from kintsugi kid to like this like notably kind of sadder lower key song um Mm. to like anyway fucking we can't do anything about it (laughs) let's just party and then like that the that ends better but this one just seems like it like 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 someone hit the like the boomerang button and it just kept playing a loop and they just walked away while the song slowly ends and i don't i don't love it like they want conceptual symmetry between this and love from the other side that's what they want i know what right, they're going the, the, yeah yeah because there's the same lyric and like i think that fits and works but they just don't land that plane yeah they they just can't bring it down properly. Yeah, they're no sully. It's <laughs> it's my problem. I think a lot with especially bands in like their bracket is that like which is like we come from the pop punk emo world, but we've had breakout success. As they keep wanting to put out right. these like thirteen, like twelve, thirteen track records for like you used to make in 2004 and like nobody wants that anymore right. and even then they were too long and like were bloated just like give us a clean like 11 10 11 track record and it'd be fine well to be fair this 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 is a 12 track record and then one clip from a film that pete likes in a poem so like <laughs> right like i'm i would be okay with them leaving even those and it being like what I would do is I would move uh, it's a time what a time to be alive somewhere towards the center of the record I think okay to help just like help I mean like just give it a different bit of a a zhuzh and then I would close on Kintsugi Kid because I don't think because that's the emotional peak of the record I don't think you're going to get bigger yeah that's true and that's so much for Stardust that's, that's so much for starters. The record's over. That's so much for so much for the stardust. So much so for much so for, much for so much for so, stardust. So we're done with the stardust. No more stardust. <laughs> we have none left. We're all out. How are you feeling about it, Jake? Uh, I I enjoy it. I think there's. I think there's. It's not perfect, but I also do think that they put out uh like one and two half perfect albums. Um, so like. <laughs> Like, cause I, they're, they're my, my work. I think we're going to get to rankings shortly. Um, but yeah, my, uh, my number one album of theirs, I think is legitimately perfect from start to finish. Like I, I even Pete's dumb poem that he throws in there, I think is <laughs> fine. Cause I just like the album so much. And then the next two, I think are as close to perfect as I think they were going to get. And then I, I enjoyed the next two. And then there's, um, I enjoy the next three, which includes this one. And then there's two bad albums at the bottom. Um, but I think I like it. I think it's got like, it's, it's, uh, it's got enough follow boy hallmarks that I enjoy that mm-hmm. I'm willing to look past some of the weaker choruses <laughs> and, uh, you know, weird lyric choices, um, that, and the, you know, the end that just kind of like, it's like, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to head out. <laughs> and then just kind of walks away. <laughs> just um, Irish goodbye your ass. It just, out of, like, out that's, of the record. 
that's kind of how it's like, hey, can you go grab me that thing from over there? Yeah, sure. And they turn around and the, the album's it's gone, gone, but the door's open. <laughs> like, Where'd you it's go, like, bud? It's like, you didn't even close the door. What happened? <laughs> um, but overall, I enjoy it. I, 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 I was looking forward to it, and then I, I was like, I was happy that it wasn't another ABAP, which is all I can really ask for at this point in my life. Yeah, I, I, I'm very torn on my feelings about, like, just in terms of, like, listenability of this record. Because if uh-huh. it's just on in the background, it's inoffensive to me. It's like, it's, I, I really enjoy, sonically, the type of record they went to make. Yeah. It's, like, it hits enough of my buttons. Like, I wanted, I wanted to see them, like, corner on like some of the hallmarks that they have kind of just like put in a closet and been like, we're not going to yeah. touch those for a while. Um, and, and they did on this record. And whenever they do that and they do that effectively, that's great. When we let Pete do Pete um, unabated, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's when I start having problems is, is that I just, I, man, I, I wish I saw what some of y'all saw in, in his <laughs> lyricism. Cause I just, I don't, um, if, if your taste has not changed since 2005 and you've listened to like no other records between then and now. Yeah. I could see why you would be like, this is, this is an incredible record. Right. But, if you listen to no other albums since 2005, then you did miss infinity on high, which is a real right. bummer. That is a bummer. <laughs> Look, it's not, Infinity on High, not my favorite, but close to it. Look, I, everyone's tastes are different, I le- so I get it, but like, I le- just legitimately think it is a perfect album. I enjoyed Infinity on High whenever it came out. It's still sitting pretty at number two on my list, which we'll, I, we'll go ahead and do rankings now. Uh, yeah. My, hmm, where am I going to put this record? That's That's the question. It's between you and Pete. That's <laughs> where you're going to put this record. Me and Pete, yeah. Sonically, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting, so I think it's going somewhere in the middle of my list. Okay. Yeah, I think for me. I also think I'm going to have to move it now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's fine. We I I, I save these. We do this all at the end. One because it doesn't make sense to do it any other way. It would be and weirder to do it any other time. Way. Yeah, we start yeah. off. The, first of all, here's our here's how we feel about it. Everything. Here's where we think it goes. Yeah, and you then don't you're have gonna to listen have to, to the rest of the fucking podcast. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah, you got to memento your way back through it to figure out how we got here. Right. Could Fall Out Boy have done that to us on this record and put the last song at like track two, and then we have just been like. Okay, so I'm good. I don't have to listen to the rest of this (laughs) record. I mean, if they would have put Kintsugi Kid any earlier, I feel like a lot of people are like, I can't possibly, I don't know how you're going to get past that. And then they would just like leave. So it's, it's legitimately, I think it's one of, if not their best songs, it, cause it cuts through that bullshit. It really just like it, Carly Rae Jepsen us and cut to the feeling. And that's what that's also her best song to do. Yeah. I think you're probably uh, right about that too, actually. Yeah, and, and and I know this is not a Carly Rae Jepsen podcast, but like that song is not on any of her albums. That song almost never got made if it wasn't for that animated ballet movie that she that she did a voice in. That they were like, "Can you do a song for this?" And she's like, "Yeah, I have one that nobody wants to put out anywhere." That song almost never got made, and it's her best song. It blows my mind every every time I, I think not, about that. I do not trust the fucking music industry whenever they listen uh, you to you can't <laughs> you can't nobody stopped call me maybe nobody look i know you like call that me song, call me maybe is a perfect pop song look i, I don't i don't understand <laughs> we're look, getting out of we're getting out of here we need to go back to follow <laughs> we've lost the trend okay 
Cause like I can understand people not liking Fallout Boy, but I I like look if if Carly Ray was like we're going to war, I would pick up a sword and I'd be like, I don't care guess who. <laughs> so back on the podcast about Fallout Boy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're consummate professionals. From the bottom up, my list looks like number eight is Mania. Number seven is Abap. Uh, I think there's probably worse songs on Abap, but Mania as a record just didn't it just felt aggressively fine to me. Sure, yeah. Number six was Save Rock and Roll. Number five is where I'm putting so much for Stardust. And a lot of that is not lyrical content at all. It, it is, <laughs> like I've said a dozen times, just sonically, I enjoy the vibe of this record more than the ones that are under it. Then number four is Take This to Your Grave. A great opening, like, first record. You did a good, that was a good first try. Good, like, I, I do enjoy a lot of the songs on this stuff. It's very 2003. Exceptionally 2003. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three for me is Fully Ado, which is probably the most underrated record in their discography, just broadly. I think so, which is weird because I feel like when it came out, it was like both high, extremely highly rated and very hated at the same time. It was which so is really polarizing. Weird. It was uh, and so then, polarizing when it came out. And then now it's just the one that nobody talks about, but I but two of my favorite songs of theirs are on that album. So like, I don't yeah, know. it's it has some, there are some great songs that are on that album that a lot of people just dismissed. Number two is Infinity on High to Jake's chagrin, and the number one because I was alive in two thousand five and it imprinted on me is from Under the Court. <laughs> is that the first album of theirs you heard? Did you hear that like mostly first before you heard Take This to Your Grave? Yes, this this was my first like exposure to Fallout Boy, but my first exposure okay. period to Fallout Boy was don't look. They're going to have at least a couple questions as I say this next sentence, but just roll with sure. me, okay? Okay. I was at a movie theater, uh-huh. and people had instruments set up, and like a band was playing. Okay, roll with me. Was it Fallout Boy? At- <laughs> no, no. Fallout Boy was not playing at this movie theater. It was like, uh, like some like I don't know, high schoolers. I think I think it was like other high schoolers. I was in like sure, okay. senior year at this time, um, yeah. and th- nobody was on the drums. And I want to play the drums. I'm a, dr- <laughs> I'm a drummer by trade. Okay. And they stopped me and were like, "Hey, you have seen." I like I like your cut, G. I they liked the uh the the footwork. They liked like my bass drum patterns and they were like, Hey, you seem to have a pretty good handle on that. Uh can you play this? And I was like, I don't know what that is. And so they took me out to the car and they had me listen to uh Sugar We're Going Down for the first time. And then I played it like three minutes later. That was that was my introduction to Fallout Boy. Okay, just just so I'm perfectly clear on the order of events. Yes. You're going to a movie at a movie theater. So, well, my in- friend worked at the theater and I don't, I could not tell, look, I've, I, I did a lot of drugs in my twenties. I couldn't tell you the exact, okay, that is <laughs> the, it- the, the exact order of things that happened prior to all of that. But why you're, why you're at a movie theater is immaterial, but you, you go yeah. to a movie theater. There is a band there with no drummer and they look at you clock that you can play no. drums and then you are sequestered into so, their band is that how it no, happened? is no, that am i getting it right no that that's way more romantic actually okay but like no like what happened is 
their drummer was not playing actively um, on that drum kit. Oh, okay. And then you again, I don't know why all those instruments were there or like what happened earlier, like as far as like the performance is concerned. But I had a friend who worked at the theater and we would go see like midnight like premieres because like he could do that. Right. Um, back before that was a thing that that was a big thing back in the mid two thousands. Yeah. So we were there and uh, nobody was playing the drums. And I was like, can I play the drums? Cause I play the drums. Okay. All right. That makes much more sense than just like being like, I know you play drums. Do you, have you heard fallout boy yet? <laughs> they, they, yeah. They take me from across the room. They're like, Hey, yeah, you drum man, <laughs> drum boy, get over here. Drum boy. Drum, you look, you are the thinnest man alive and you have long hair. You play drums. <laughs> There's no way you don't play drums. There's a hundred percent chance that you play drums. Okay, all right. The, the story makes much more sense now. Okay, I feel like I'm glad I, I, I just, could clear that up for you. So you heard that before you heard "Take This to Your Grave." That correct is what I'm getting. So yeah, okay. I, had I heard like that makes no a lot Fall Out Boy up until that point. Right. I had only heard I heard "Sugar We're Going Down" on somebody's car speakers, and then I played it. <laughs> That's clearly Fall Out Boy. Clearly, you weren't going to turning on fuse tv the second you got home from school to the new the new and noteworthy block or whatever the hell it was on and hoping that fallout boy would play because you caught it once on accident because, like i did jake it was 2003 and i was watching jimmy world videos on mtv too <laughs> that we inexplicably uh, oh, got on off air right. like just for some reason just you, didn't have cable we just showed up and i was like oh cool we have mtv I, too whatever yeah, I had uh, I had Direct TV by that point, so I was nice. I was living large <laughs> on Fuse TV. <laughs> Rub your money in my face, why don't you? Uh, yeah, like look up. Uh, I grew up in a trailer park, so like it's you know, mm-hmm. it's, you spend it where you have it. Um, no, anyway, uh, so do I do? Should I do my rankings now? Then yeah, go for it. All right, starting at the bottom. Uh, what I think is just genuinely a bad album. Like I don't even think it's like their worst. I, th- I do think it's their worst, but I also just think it's not good. Is is American Beauty, American Psycho? Again, every song has six words in it, and they just say them over and over and over again. And I can't mm-hmm. get past that um, for a lot I'm of it. I'm with you. Then next is Mania, which I think overall, like aggressively fine, I think is a good way of putting it. But I also like somehow I love Wilson so much that it just like. It gets it over the that hurdle. Is, is, that's in brackets expensive mistakes. Yes, that is the, okay. the very same. Um, I okay. There's just something about that song that really grabs me that, <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, that's what this this whole record is so I can hear Wilson parentheses uh, expensive mistakes. Um, number six is Foley Ado, which again, I think is like very underrated. It's just like I, from here on out, I am in albums that I really, really like going up and then i have so much for stardust above that i feel like after a couple more listens because i feel like the the middle end of fully ado kind of loses me but i do love a lot of the earlier stuff uh, the earlier album um and i haven't listened to it since 2019 uh so this could change at any moment um and then at number five also i have uh, so much for stardust because i just listened to it and it's very fresh and i enjoy a lot of it uh, and then number four is from under the cork tree, which I put there because I started with take this to your grave. And mm-hmm. so like, this was a little, it was a little bit of a departure. It took me like kind of a while to come around, not like to come around to, um, because like immediately I was like, Oh yeah, let me get this album. Let me buy this CD and listen to it on my Walkman a whole lot. Cause I was in like, I was like sophomore sure. or junior. I think like lyrically it's one of their better, 
uh, albums, but I think overall, I don't know. It just it feels weird. Save Rock and Roll. I uh, I just fucking love. <laughs> I just mm. think that's a good ass album. Asterisk. I think the song that the song that Big Sean is on uh, sucks the moon out of the sky because uh, Big <laughs> Sean is terrible. That that song is so okay, and then Big Sean just rolls up and takes a big dump on it, and I really don't care for that. Is Save Rock and Roll the record with the? Uh, I think it's like Pharrell that like does a, a song as well. Like he has like a. Uh, I don't a think I know on it, or is that like I think on Chingy? Chingy is on. Is it Chingy or is it, no? It's Two Chains. Two Chains is on uh, one of the songs. Um, Infinity on High starts with Jay Z. If that's what you're thinking mm-hmm. of, no, that is definitely um, not. It's here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If Pharrell, Pharrell's on that. Fully he might do that. Oh, uh, I know. Little Wayne is on Fully Do, and I think Pharrell is also. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I think Pharrell might be on Fully. If it's any going to be anyone, I think it's Fully Do. Yeah, no, um, Whams. It's Whams. It's like it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why Fully Do kind of falls. Is there some songs towards the end that I'm like, I I see what you're doing, but it's not it's not hmm. for me. Um, but uh, say rock and roll. I just like. Really like again, I'm a lyrics guy, and like all those ones just like click with me. So like it gets a it gets a pass. Number two is "Take This to Your Grave." I think it is a the like the best possible starting Fall Out Boy song uh, or Fall Out Boy album that like you could do. And again, I listened to it in 2003 when I was mm-hmm. depending on when it came out. I was either the it was the end of my eighth grade year or the start of my freshman year of high school. I was very keyed to listen to "Take This to Your Grave." Um, yeah. And then Infinity on High is, I just, I, again, I think it is a perfect album start to finish. I have one problem with it and it is Golden just stops. And that's the only problem I have with the entire album. <laughs> so like, um, so that, that goes number one for me, but, uh, but this one is firmly in the middle. Nice. So I listened to it. Like the first time I listened to it, I just like, I, I popped it on and on probably Spotify and had to listen to five minutes of ads every three songs but you know worth it and i like i enjoyed it like the second and third time or the third and the fourth time i don't know if i listened to it once more in between them i was driving to and from a wrestling show two days later and so i was like half listening but it was coming through like a bluetooth speaker and it was like an hour and change drive so we listened to this and some other stuff on the way there and then we're like let's just pop it on again and so it wasn't like i wasn't like fully fully paying attention to it and if it is just on I think it's really, really good. I think the album really works, which is damning with faint praise. It's it's like the equivalent of like putting on a, like movies that are good for when you're doing laundry and you just need something on while you fold clothes. Like it's yeah. like the equivalent of that. But I mean this in a positive way. I promise. I think that is the best way to describe this record for me as well because I enjoy the way it sounds. I enjoy the construction of the songs. But if I pay too much attention to it, I just get upset. I, I, I just want them to be better. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's the perfect, like, I have laundry to take care of. I need to get some work done. And this is just, it's happening over there. Or, like, it's right. on in the background at a party. It's fine. I'm not going to, it's not going to bother me. But yeah. I'm not going to stand in line for it. I'm, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's kind of where I'm I'm landing on it. I, I just, I want, yeah. I want better. I, they have yet to, like, impress adult me in a way that they uh, seemingly have impressed so many of my other peers. Uh, the, a lot of people have been using like the term elder emo, which I don't love. I don't, I, I don't love that as a, a nomenclature. No, but yeah. I'm like th- this genre goes back to the late fucking eighties. Y'all are like, what do you mean? Elder emo? 
We were babies. I, well, I mean, I I think it's like the uh, the elder emo thing is specifically like I was in high school in the early 2000s. Right. And like that's like that's, that's where what I'm they mean. My flag, but it feels you know? it yeah. feels weird to me. It's I've I've described it yeah. talking with other friends as like it's like a 22 year old that came out at like whenever they were 12, being like I'm a queer elder. I'm like I oh well you're you're 20. Are you? <laughs> I get you've, what you're saying. You've been in but, the game a long time. Like you're seasoned. Right. I get that, but I don't think elder Elder's is necessarily the, right. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't feel yeah. quite correct. You need to be confused for a wizard or a sage or something <laughs> at some point to be considered an elder. <laughs> like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be. That's our show. We did a show. We did a show, Jake. <laughs> we did it. We did it. So, Dan, what's next for Sophomore Slump? Well, Jake, it looks like this year we're going to be taking the summer off. We're going to just, like, chill for a bit. So, there's going to be a little bit of a gap in our schedule, but we will be coming back in a few months whenever Season 5 starts out proper. In the meantime, why not go check out all of Jake's stuff on the Hey Jake and Josh Podcast Network, Morphin Grid, Kingdom Smarts, as was mentioned this episode, Pokemon World Tour United, probably my favorite actual play in existence. Do all that, and then we'll see you guys in August. The Third One Sucks is a Retrograde Orbit Radio production. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends and make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you want to get in touch or share suggestions about what we could cover in the future, you can contact us on Twitter at the Third One Sucks or email us at the Third One Sucks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel.